Welcome to the Golf Barons Podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. This Tenuous Links podcast is a special one, and one for the lovers of photography. As I sit down with world-renowned golf course photographer and my good friend, David Scaletti. We sat down at Commonwealth Golf Club to discuss his life in golf, how he became a photographer in the first place, some of his favourite places on earth to photograph and visit, and tips for the amateur golfer to capture those memories from on the course. Now you've no doubt seen some of the great man's epic shots captured over the past few decades, probably several others you didn't even know were his. He really is an old school photographer. That is to say that he captures it all behind the lens rather than altering it in Photoshop like many others do these days. Dave has created several coffee table style books over the years and they really are the perfect gift for the golf lover. You can order them directly from davidscaletti.com in time for Christmas. That's D-A-V-I-D-S-C-A-L-E-T-T-I.com. Check it out. You'll definitely find something there that you'll absolutely love. Now, without further ado, here's the interview with the great man himself, David Scaletti. Well, today we're sitting down with Australia's preeminent golf course photographer, David Scaletti. Dave, welcome, welcome along. Good Great to see you. Great to be here. Thank you. Now we've both been battling a bit of a, a bit of man flu this week, but it's um, so I'm particularly <laughs> particularly glad you could make it along. It's good to see you've got the Commonwealth wine here, the uh, the house wine for medicinal purposes, obviously. Mate, anything that helps, it's going to be great. <laughs> I'll appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of our a lot of our readers. Um, wouldn't that they'll have seen plenty of your the wonderful photography shots that you the photographs you've taken over the years but wouldn't necessarily know a lot about you um so i want to just sort of touch base on how you got into golf um and into golf photography i guess uh, were you a were you a big golfer growing up uh look i used to play a little bit when i was when i was a kid not not a great deal but um i think the main time that I started playing golf was when I was actually studying for photography. I did that at RMIT and uh, I always used to find that a game of golf took me away from the studies and I, I could relax a little bit and um, I really enjoyed it and started to play a bit more and, it, and then eventually I, you know, I got to this point where I could join a club which was fantastic. So photography was before golf, you had a love of photography before golf? Yeah, yeah. Um, I travelled a lot during my mid-twenties, spent two or three years overseas. And photography started because uh, it made me look at things because I wanted to take a photograph of whatever it was. And then once we come back from our travels, I um, enrolled and I got a place in RMIT and studied photography, for better or worse. And was, were you particularly drawn to landscape photography? I think, and if you, if you look at, go to your friends or whoever and that they're interested in photography, most of them will be photographing landscapes because in lots of ways you don't have to react react with someone. It's just out there in front of you. You see a nice sunset. People take photographs of sunsets. It's all the easy stuff, the things that doesn't intimidate them. And um, I think I was one of those. And, and I just enjoyed it. It's great. Sometimes I got good results, not always. <laughs> oh, we all know how that works. This was before Photoshop as well, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so you would have been, obviously back then, you would have been um, shooting on film. Yes. 
How much easier is it now to, to take great shots than it was back then? Or is it any easier? Well, in that respect, uh, we, everyone uses the same, same piece of equipment, really. So look at the results. And do you think that an amateur photographer always takes as good as the professional? I don't think that happens. Uh, it, in some ways, it's easier, but um, I don't think the process finishes once you press the button like it used to, if, particularly if you're shooting on colour transparency, which had no leeway for um, a misexposure or whatever. Uh, the picture still relies on being there at the right time, pressing the button at the right time, and composing it correctly. If you don't do that, the digital camera's still not gonna fix all that, all those things up. Yeah, well, I mean, you are a bit more old school in the way that you take photos, aren't you? You prefer to get everything right at the time rather than fixing in post, as we would say. I do, I um, do. That's, that's probably pretty rare these days with uh, golf course photography. Well, I think, um, when you when you photographed it on film, every time you pressed the button, there was a cost involved there. So you, I, to me, it was always a contemplative exercise, and I, I really enjoyed that, I'd, particularly with the golf courses. And I would, I would use an old uh, large format camera, which you know you had the hood over your head and the magnifying glass to photograph it. It was a big setup, so the last thing I could do was to go around and take half a dozen shots around. Uh, the green or whatever I was doing so it had to be right in the first place and that sort of um, discipline I think has continued now and I really enjoy it. One of the things that's happened I think with digital photography is that because you ha it's much quicker and that, that is a good thing but at the same time it's meant that the client potentially wants a heap more photographs so rather than waiting for the very best thing to happen when, when the light is right, to get the amount, the, the number of shots that your client might want, you run around like crazy trying to get more and more and more. So in the time where you've gone off to the 16th hole, where you know the really good stuff is happening on the third, the light changes. So it doesn't work so well. So, so it's, sort of taking, it's taking a little bit of that, that art, artistic uh, concept yes. out of it and more just quantity of it. It is a little bit. One of, one of the pleasures that I've had in the last 12 months was um, taking some photographs for a book that I was working on and I was the client again. And so I knew what I wanted in that shot and I literally just waited for an hour or two, not, no, not two hours, an hour at times for the, for the light to be where I wanted it to be and what I wanted and took the photograph. And I, at the time when I was sitting there waiting for that light, I was thinking, gee, if I was doing this for a commercial job, um, the client would be expecting me to go off and photograph another six holes. And I just, I've got to say, it was just absolute magic. I loved it. It was fantastic. It was like going back to the old days. Back to the passion. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Dave, when you um, get out on course, and obviously you're out there pretty early, so it's um, the best time is morning or sunset as a, yeah. it's like coming down. Have you always found it easy to get up early in the morning? <laughs> uh, the only reason I ask is because, you know, that's, we've got a cameraman who doesn't get up before 10 a.m. <laughs> um, he really struggles. I wondered if, if that's just something that is a creative thing or if it's always been easy for you and, and quite a, a nice thing to do. It's not a nice thing. When that <laughs> Damien, when that alarm goes off, it's like <laughs> expletive deleted. I, no. What, what time are we talking? 
Well, it can be four o'clock in the morning, depending on when the sun comes up and how far I am from the course. Uh, I remember photographing the National Golf Club for their uh, centenary, or not their centenary book, for a book um, a number of years ago. And I was, I was an hour away from the golf course. So I had to tr drive there. I had to make a decision in the morning when I got up to see whether the sun was going to be any good. And an hour's drive away from my home, the, the weather could change dramatically in that amount of time. So, you know, you get up and look at the, at the sky and think, is it going to work? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Go back to bed. But no, it's, the morning is, is not much fun. However, I think the, I really, once I get to the golf course, the, the morning is just beautiful. I love it. It's a there's wonderful soft light in the morning. Well, you've seen, you've taken some spectacular shots over the years. What are some of the places that have really stood out for you as ones that you've just fallen in love with? Marion Golf Club in, in the States was, was really a joy. Uh, Banff in Canada was magnificent. Yeah, you talk about, yeah, you do like Banff, don't you? You talk about it quite a lot. Uh, or is that more for the skiing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I did live in Banff for about 12 months at one point. Um, which is what I refer to as my ski bum days. Yeah. Uh, it was just fantastic. And, uh, there is, no, I do have a, a passion about the place. It's just one of the beautiful parts of the world. And uh, when I was there skiing, I actually never played golf. I went down and had a look at the golf course and thought, oh yeah, gee, that looks all right, but never played. Uh, and then when I went back there and, and to photograph it, it was just, it was, I just thought, why didn't I play golf when I was there? What are some of the other places that really stand out? Um, Teeth of the Dog was, there's some pretty special photos from, from that area. Teeth of the Dog was fantastic, particularly the holes along the ocean there, just wonderful. Uh, Ria Bintan in Indonesia was another one that was pretty special. I don't, I, I'm not a great critic of golf courses in architectural sense and to me I'm looking for the aesthetics of it and again there was there was a, a golf hole I think it was about the ninth or tenth hole a little par three at Rio Bintan which just goes across this cove and I was I'd gone out to have a look and I was just walking down the eighth fairway and I looked across to the right and I thought oh my god that's where this shot has to be I just went back and got it sometimes you know Photography is about planning. Sometimes it's about reaction. You see something that you weren't expecting and just do it. When you set up for a shot, um, do you look at, with a camera obviously, do you see that through a photographer's lens or do you see it through a golfer's, um, a golfer's eyes? Uh, I like to think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I, th I think, when I look at photographs that are taken by, oh, no, I don't know necessarily whether it's a non-golfer who's taken the photograph, but you, you look at a photograph and you think, gee, that doesn't show much understanding of the golf hole. Uh, when I look at a, a golf hole, I think of um, uh, what it is that the golfer might be thinking about. And I, I tend to think that most golfers are fairly pessimistic. So and rather than looking at where they uh, have got to put the ball, they look at what can go wrong on the shot. So therefore, 
uh, and they tend to like that challenge, I think. So if there's a bunker there somewhere, I'll try and make sure that that's in the hole, and sorry, in the photograph, so as that um, they can imagine that they're there. And that, I think, uh, and then assuming that I can do that, then I've got to I look at it and say, well, is the, is the um, components in that shot going to work well from an aesthetic point of view? And that can be on the course. It can be, with the, believe it or not, the clouds above it, whether or not there is. Um, sometimes the clouds will just work as a layer across the top of the, of the view of the green, which I think is boring. If they're sort of, well, gee, it's hard to explain, but if they're, if they're coming sort of diagonally straight at the camera, then with, if you're using a wide angle lens, it tends to flare them out to the sides and gives a much more dramatic shot. So there's, there's a lot of elements that I look for in, in the photograph. Okay. In terms of aesthetics, I mean, Royal Portrush is, a, is quite a pretty looking course. Yeah. Um, visually speaking, you've um, you photographed that, haven't you? Yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the host of the the Open this year. Yes. Um, what are your What are your thoughts of that, or what are your memories of it? When I went there, there was some sort of district tournament or, or whatever you want. So I presume the course was set up reasonably difficult. And gee, Damien. If, they, if the guys on the, in the open are not hitting it straight, they are in for such a hard time. Of all the courses that I've photographed, I, don't, I can't remember a course where the fairways are narrower and the rough more punishing. Oh gosh, it could be carnage. So it's a classic um, open style course, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Are they are they harder to, or are they? What challenges do they present, um, photographically speaking? Considering you ha you don't have like uh, tall tree lined areas that you can use for framing, um, yeah. is it a, is it quite a challenge? It is actually, and because they are the, as a golfer, they're some of the finest best courses to play. They, absolutely. You know, but visually speaking, it must be tricky to capture the best parts of them. It is because. Oftentimes, uh, not so much in Ireland, but I think more so in um, Scotland, it's a, it's a, a lower um, profile, on profile on the course, yeah. So your horizon is always so flat, whereas, uh, and that just makes it hard. So therefore, my experience is that rely so much more on mother nature to provide something up in there to make the, make the picture work. And with so many, so many brilliant courses that you've um, you've captured over the years, have there been any that you? Well, first I should ask, do you get to play them? Uh, every one that you <laughs> most of, most of them I have, yeah. Okay. And I think sometimes I think people think it's a bit indulgent, but um, no, I always not. no, I I, I <laughs> surely not. <laughs> I sort of look at it and uh, at the golf club and see whether it's. The last thing I want to do is put the manager on the spot of having to say no. If I think it's a, an unreasonable request to play the course, then I don't, I don't ask. But by, <clears throat> but by playing the course, I get a bit of a perspective as to what the, what the golfer sees. And the times when I, when I, if I get on a golf cart and just drive around having a look at it, it, it just doesn't relate to what you see as a golfer. So it's. It's a real advantage to be able to play it, and of course, it's a pleasure it's a, it's to do good, it. It's a good story. Make sure you stick with that. So, <laughs> hey, it's been consistent over anyone. the years. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there any that you've you regret you didn't get to play um, that stand out? Well, the ones that I didn't play, I really 
wasn't all that fussed about, to be honest. Um, so therefore, <laughs> maybe I won't say what they were. You, know, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember one of them, um, which is highly regarded. I, I, I wrote back to some few, few friends and I asked them, can you explain to me what it is about this course that makes it so special? And among them were, well, pretty highly regarded golf course architect, um, some writers, and they said, Dave, I share your opinion. I don't think much of it either. So, you know, I, basically I've played all the ones that I wanted to, I think. Um, now, these days, most of us have a, the photographic capabilities in our pockets uh, with, our, with an iPhone or, a, um, or a, an Android. Um, do you have any tips for people who are just out, of, out and about on a course and they've got a great, um, you know, they're at a great course, they want to capture the moment. What are some little simple techniques that they can use with those cameras or, or what sort of framing should they use to capture um, high grade images? I think in your own mind you've got you've got to think about what it is that made you think that that shot worked, and then it's and that's the way I look at it. And I, I often think that people um, commission me to do things because of the way I see it. Uh, they have every right to expect that the photograph is going to be focused, that the exposure is going to be good, but it's what you see. So therefore, I would say to anyone who is um, uh, trying to take their photograph make sure that whatever it was that was a magic part of that shot that they saw that that's what's in the photograph okay. um, and sometimes that can mean uh, it's got to be simple really that um, it's not to make sure that every possible thing that's in that frame of view uh, within your eyesight sorry as compared to what you see through the lens uh, is relevant to, to what it is that makes it special for you and but I think most people I go out and they, they'll be playing golf between 10 in the morning and four in the afternoon or something like that if you really want the shots do the hard yards and go get up next morning and go back at sunrise or stick around till sunset. I'm sure there'll be some sunrise, sunset filters these days. You can just press a couple of buttons and in she goes. <laughs> Look at you, you're getting angry already, aren't you? <laughs> Wash your mouth out, please. <laughs> oh, you're, not no. a, you're, not a, you're not a big photoshopper, are you? Uh, no, no. no. More, the, more about the art. More about the art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good to hear. Um, I've noticed uh, here, we're here at your home club, uh, Commonwealth, a fine, fine establishment, obviously. Great place to play golf. Yeah, uh, but I notice a lot of your images, obviously people, people do love what you do. Um, does that make you proud to walk into a room and just go, wow, I've, I've captured something there that no one else has, so no one has ever captured that exact same image that you've captured. Yeah, That's pretty cool. yeah, of course. It's it's fantastic. It was a um, an honour when the club asked me. Well, it took a took a while to get uh, sorted out what exactly that they wanted, and uh, yeah, I walk in and I think it's great. Really Do you still notice it. them yourself when you walk in, or is it kind of just oh, well, I've seen them a hundred times? And uh, no, no. When I walk into the, the the front door there, and I see the one of I always see the one of the 18th hole, and I think yeah, I like that. Pretty cool. Now you've also um, created quite a few books. Um, you've had a lot of. Um, coffee table style books, uh, perfect, perfect gifts. Um, people, make sure you go out and grab some of these at uh, davidscoletti.com. .au. .au. Um, they really are brilliant presents. But what, what is it that you enjoy most about creating books? Because you've got, so you've had several of them. You obviously have a passion for them as well. Is that you being old school again as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think 
I think I enjoy the creative process, whether it's actually um, taking the photograph in the first place. But you know what, really, um, taking the photograph is only the first part of it. You, know, you asked me before about um, someone, what, how, what they should do with um, their camera phone if they yeah. uh, want to take a photograph. Now, the, the, the ultimate aim of that is not just to put it in, the, um, in their phone so they go and have a look at it. They want to go and they want to show their friends um, what it is that they saw. So if I go out and take a really nice photograph, well, what's the point of it being in my hard drive? No one else can see it. I mean, I can go and have a look at it, but there's, there's no satisfaction in that. Somehow or other, I, I, I like people to see what, what it was that I saw. So whether it be in a photographic print or in a book or whatever it happens to be, uh, getting the photograph, having a nice image is the start of it, but it's no, there's no point just being in my hard drive. So, and I enjoy, um, making those books. Uh, when go back to the first book I was ever involved with, The, the Sandbelt, Melbourne's Golfing Heaven, and I discovered then, uh, watching uh, the, the graphic designer, who's now a good friend, go through the process of putting that book together. It was, it was great. I mean, you do the same thing with your, with your magazine. Absolutely. Now, now, getting out on course, crack of dawn, uh, long days by yourself, twiddling your thumbs for a lot of it, waiting for the right light and all that. You, you must have seen some pretty interesting things over the journey. Um, any, is there anything that jumps out specifically? I, I know you've, you've told me something once, I might not have been paying full attention out at Cruden, uh, Cruden Bay. Uh, it, there's a fourth hole, it's a little par, f uh, a little par four, but a very challenging par four that runs along a little river and there's a bridge across to, I think, the town is called Port Isaac. And being used to the, the approach that we have to our golf here in Australia and uh, I, was, I, I was set up just waiting for something to happen and then uh, the family from one of the houses across the river just walked across the, the bridge and started playing golf. I thought, well, geez, I suppose I should tell the manager about that. Uh, but I've discovered, and subsequently, that it happens all the time. And there, it, what I, th I understand is the case is that golf in Scotland and maybe the whole of the UK is more of a, a social, cultural sort of issue that, you know, it's not something to be um, fenced off and... Um, like, like going out for a kick of the footy or... Exactly. That's, what, that's exactly what it reminded me of, Damien. It's like going down to the local over with your footy and having a kick. They just walk across onto the golf course and hit a few balls. So have you found that culturally in, or in different nations that they have a very different approach to golf? Yes, yeah. Are there any that stick out more than others or some that you think get it right? I mean, obviously you think over in the UK they get that, they've got that part of it right. Yeah. What about the US? You've done a lot in the US. I suppose with, with the municipal courses, I think they call them over there, yeah, and the public, public courses yeah. and upmarket public courses, you, you can play uh, affordable golf and you can play much better golf and pay a fair bit of money for it. What uh, doesn't sit with me quite so well is the, the private clubs, like somewhere like Commonwealth, but in the States, it's different. In, if someone wants to play one of the um, private clubs in Australia, go about it the right way and you'll be able to have a game of golf. When you go to the States, it's next to impossible. And I, my way of describing it 
is here in Australia we will have exclusive courses, but you go about it the right way and you'll be able to play. But it always seems a little bit exclusionary to me in the, in the States to the better courses. Try turning up to Pine Valley or Augusta or Cypress Point, it's not going to happen. It's interesting. Um, do, you think, do you think golf needs to be more, find a way to be more fun? Because I know you're a bit more, you are a traditionalist in a lot of ways, but do you think that do you think that we can do some things to make it more enjoyable, a little bit less exclusionary, as you say, and a bit more fun? Um, I don't, look, Damien. I don't have the answers to it. To me, golf has always been fun. So, um, at times, uh, with some of the groups of people that I played with, they'll have a what they call a fun day and they'll, they'll play something else. And to me it always feels like, but hang on, I was having fun last week. Why why are we doing this to, to have fun this week? I don't get it. But so, you're one of the few single figure players who has fun and isn't sitting there hating the game every second of the day. Uh, no, no. If, uh, if, if something goes wrong out in the golf course, there's only usually one person to blame. <laughs> then why are you always yelling at me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't play a team sport. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I wish I had an answer for that because I know it's a bit of a, uh, a hot topic in golf at the moment, but... Um, it's hard to define, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to yeah. define what is fun for people and what is not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is, it's a, it is a tricky one, but... You seem to be having fun all the time, so. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, to me, just, I suppose uh, participation means that you've got a chance of having fun, so I suppose if we can lift the petition participation rate, um, there's more of an opportunity for people to okay. have that fun. This is where I sort of differ. This whole concept for me of we just need to get more people into the game, I don't think, I don't think that actually serves the game as well as um, treating the people who are there who already okay. love it with yeah. a bit more, with a bit more, um, bit more love, I suppose. Like getting them more involved rather than going, we just have to get more people in, without focusing on those who already are invested in it, and making it more enjoyable for them and easier for them. And or am I just barking up the wrong tree? Barking being the operative word at the moment. <laughs> well, I suppose. Um Again, it, it, it comes down to your personal experience, and, and I've been lucky. I, you know, I wish I could give you a, a potential solution, but I, I really can't. There's, there's smarter people than me involved in golf that hopefully will solve that issue. Now, I just want to sort of, I just want to end on the open again. Back on mm -hmm. the open courses, you've photographed plenty of them. Yes. In fact, probably most, or oh, most of them, Royal. Um, I think I've been to all of them, yeah, all that have ever been on the open rotor, yeah. Brilliant. Is there one that you, you just love above the others? Um, I think Royal St George's, yeah? down okay. in the south of England. Okay. What is it about it? I think if I go back to when Greg Norman won, won the open there, and I was watching it on TV at the time, and I thought, gee, that looks a bit dull and boring. Then when I went and played it, there was, there was one word going through my mind all the time while I was playing. Majestic, it is unbelievably good. And it was just such a pleasure. My opinion may be um, uh, clouded a little bit <laughs> because I think I shot somewhere in the 70s while I was playing there. Didn't lose a ball or anything. And it I makes thought, a difference, doesn't it? 
it absolutely it does. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned you mentioned um, Greg Norman. Yes. Uh, Norman, he's he's a fan of yours. He's had some uh, pretty nice words to say yes, about, about your photography. Does that does that just validate what you do? Because I mean, most artists have at times some self doubt or some some reflection on how good they actually are um, because it is by nature creative. Is that something that really reaffirms it? within your own mind? Yes, I am. I am good at what I do, and yeah, it does. It does make you feel good. Um, but when anyone, it doesn't have to be Greg Norman or someone of that ilk, uh, complimenting me on on my photography. Um, whenever anyone comes up and says, "Gee, that's a really nice shot, Dave," I, I get a, a a great deal of satisfaction out of that. And one of the this was. A long, long time ago, when I first started taking photographs, I, and back in the days of film, and I had the, um, I think I was actually putting together my first calendar, Fairways to Heaven, and I had the, the transparencies laid out on the on the light box, mm -hmm. and um, a person walked past and said, "Oh, gee." They look really nice. I thought a golf course was just a stretch of green grass with a hole at the end of it, but that looks really good. And that was coming from someone who'd never picked up a golf club in a life or anything like that. And ever since then, I've always taken, I've always thought the, the best um, uh, compliments come from the people who know nothing about golf. If, if the shot appeals to them, uh, then I've done something pretty special. Just on that surprised um, and the surprising aspect, yeah. has there been a, sh a course or a shot that you've taken that you thought, oh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that, and then when you got it back and had a proper look at it, you, it was just an epic shot that you went, wow. Uh, yeah, I think uh, every time I press the button, I think, oh, I think that one's going to work pretty well. Uh, sometimes I get, get back and I go, wow, look, this one is phenomenal. Um, uh, the one of Ria Bintan of that little par three I was talking about earlier. I didn't expect that to be as good as what it turned out to be. Um, uh, in some ways, the shots at Cabo del Sol, not Cabo del Sol, sorry, Teeth of the Dog, same sort of thing. Uh, you just never know until, until you open it up and have a look and go, oh yeah, geez, that worked. Dave, thank you very much for uh, sitting down with us. I've, you know I've long, uh, long been a fan of your work um, and I'm glad to call you a, call you a friend as well. Um, thanks for sitting down with us and sharing some of your, uh, some of your insights and um, hopefully we have plenty more to come in years to come. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Tenuous Links. Just a reminder that you can pick up some of David Scaletti's work, including the best visual golf books going around at davidscaletti.com. Jump on now and order for all your mates in time for Christmas. Also, remember to head over to baronslife.com and subscribe for free to make sure you get all of our Golf Barons content, including reminders for tenuous links, videos and tips from the Golf Barons show, and the latest issues of Barons Life, the freshest golf and lifestyle magazine on the planet. Golf Barons, where swing meets swagger. Until next week.